0: What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of audacity and advice where their wheels and yours get turned upside down.
1: Hey guys, happy Wednesday. We are back. I wonder if you missed that we hadn't been on the air in a couple weeks, but here we are on the corner of Audacity and Advice. I'm Rachel Silver Cohen. Let's not waste another second. Dr. Boga, are you here? Happy Wednesday. Thanks,
2: Rach. It's so good to see you. I feel like it really has been a very long time. I don't know if our listeners have missed
1: us, but I have missed us. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. And to the listeners, I hope it's good that you guys are hearing us. Again, I know you can't see us, but Dr. Boca and I see each other. And I just want to say this is a big deal in the unpolished world, I suppose, because this is our 100th conversation, Dr. Boga. Wow. That is crazy. That's really
2: hard to wrap my head around. A hundred conversations, a hundred episodes. Wow. I can't even come up with words because I'm just like
1: so thrown off by that. I mean, that's a lot, Rach. I know. We've had a hundred conversations, I guess, on air, which means we've probably duplicated, triplicated, quadruplicated those conversations off air. But it is a big deal. And it's like the centennial, the unpolished centennial. And I think it warrants tipping our hats to each other and congratulating one another and also because it is, as we always like to say, part and parcel with the audience. And we can't do what we do if we don't have anyone chiming in and listening. So we want to include them in this celebratory conversation today. But 100 is a big deal. A lot of people have said to me when we talk about the podcast, well, how's it going? And what are you up to? And I guess in real life, I say a lot of times when I'm talking to friends or if I'm in a great debate or whatnot, I'll say like, well, it's not like I'm keeping score or anything. But Mm -hmm. I guess that it's sort of a preface that like, well, yes, I am keeping score. You're totally
2: keeping score, right?
1: Says like, you know, I'm a straight shooter or I don't lie or whatever. Like clearly you're the least straight shooter there is. And all you do is lie, right? (laughs) So in the spirit of that, I guess I am keeping score relative to the number of episodes. And you've taught me over the course of this Hundred conversations we've had that we want to find balance. We want to meet in the middle. We don't want to go hard on ourselves or put too many expectations out there. But it's hard not to think with these milestones. And we've talked about milestones in the past and what that means. And if there's triggers and if it builds up some bubbled over anxiety when we Mm -hmm. have holidays or life events or titled scenarios. But the 100 episodes and oh my God, what are you doing? A lot of pressure. It is. And I started kind of having my own bubbled up of emotions that like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't have anything planned other than what we always do, which is what I kind of think we do best in the spirit of being unpolished, which is just having our therapy or our unpolished therapy. And Maybe that is good enough. And Ooh. right. This I is mean, like such progress. Sort of- this, this, is this is such, I'm so success. proud of you, Rach. And then I guess I could also just sort of say, you know how some people kind of like, because milestones are such a big deal, they want to lessen the load i.e. like if it's someone's 50th birthday, it's like, well, we're not gonna have a whole big to-do. We'll do it at 49 or we'll do it at 51 or we wanna take the pressure off. Mm-hmm. So we just don't wanna magnify what already is magnified and we wanna do it different. Like when we had Mara on, right? And we right. were doing it different or you kind of came up with our whole mantra here on the corner of audacity and advice that we're gonna do it differently. Absolutely. And so even if this 100th, Oh my God, episode, our unpolished conversations. Here we are, 100. You know, we don't have fireworks going off. Maybe because we are unpolished and we write our own rules, and the rules are that there are no rules. Maybe the big shebang is 103 or 110 or 230, or whatever the hell we want it to be. And today is just exciting because. It's a Wednesday morning and you and I are doing our thing and it's 100 conversations later. And isn't that great?
2: I mean, Rach, first of all, progress, whether or not we're setting ourselves up to take the pressure off or not. I think it is amazing for you that you've come to this place where you can find the balance and it doesn't have to be like over the top, this huge, unbelievable episode of celebration. And it also doesn't have to be like, let's avoid it totally. We acknowledge it. We acknowledged it well. We thanked each other. We thanked The audience. So kudos to you. And quite frankly, I think the times that, at least for you and I, like you said, when we just do what we do best and are most authentic, those are our best episodes anyway, in my opinion, because it's an authentic conversation. And I just don't believe that so many people these days are authentic. And it's one of the things that bothers me most is like we're not living genuine lives. People around us are not being honest and forthcoming. They're not aligned to self and they're not doing things that make themselves and the world a better place. And so I'm just tired of that fakeness. So to build it up so big would have felt very inauthentic, at least to me. I don't know how our audience feels, but it would have felt very inauthentic. And yeah, I'm not a big person who puts a lot of pressure on myself, at least in this area. I might put pressure on myself parenting sometimes because
1: I think that's really, really, really important. But the rest of the stuff is kind of like, okay, just do it. And you're right. And I appreciate that we're on the same page with that because there is a lot of pressure. We can't avoid the pressure, even if we make that conscious decision to say, you're not going to get caught up in it. But just the fact that people out there would say, and I guess I would be guilty of doing this in other arenas too, with other scenarios in Mm -hmm. other people's projects to say, oh, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? Whether it's a birthday or an anniversary or a holiday or whatever. But for the mere sake of people saying, what are you doing? That means that they're anticipating that something massive has to happen. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, let's go
2: back to the first episode where we were hoping that like three silvers were listening, right? And now we have people coming up to us saying, so what are you doing for your 100th episode? Like they, They're like excited about it. I'm going to take like, look how far we freaking come and look at all the success that we've had. That in and of itself to me is the hundredth win, right? Like I don't need to go any bigger than that. The fact that people are asking and they know who we are, I'm cool with that. So thank you to our listeners. That is the best thing that you can at least give me is the recognition and the acknowledgement that you guys are listening.
1: Well, there you have it, folks. Dr. Boca is thanking the listeners, albeit three or 300 or 3,000 or 300,000 or 3 million one day. Maybe by the time we get to our 300th episode, we'll be in the millions. But that being said, for today, even if it's just you and I, I'm excited because it has been a while and life has gotten in the way. And certainly when you talk about the inauthenticity of people, I just have to tell you that, <laughs> I mean, there's been a couple of things that have actually made my jaw drop. And you know me, I have said time and time again, if there aren't bodies buried in your basement, nothing really surprises me too much Mm -hmm. these days, right? With the exception of that, I guess. But I have to tell you in the last couple of weeks, did you see the article um, or the news program, the story about the wife, who actually was celebrated for writing a children's book about death, okay? And then, lo and behold, she was indicted for being the one to kill her husband, which is why she wrote the book in the first place, to help her children heal. So you want to talk about grief. We need Karen Hoffman back on this podcast when we talk about grief. I'd love to know what her opinion is on that because you want to talk about audacious Mm -hmm. or -hmm. unpolished. I mean, what is your non-therapy therapy stance on that, Dr. Boca?
2: Well, this individual is clearly disturbed. I mean, talk about premeditated, right, to the nth degree. I mean, I would love to do a case study on her because the psychologist that's going in there and doing her Rorschach must be getting quite, The information out of this. I mean, my mouth was on the floor with that one. Like, you know, there's some things about premeditation that, even that in and of itself, oftentimes makes me a little bit like I can't have empathy for this person at all. It's really, really hard for me to tap into that. But to write the book to help the kids beforehand, but yet you're the one who's killing their dad. Like, are you kidding me? That one threw me for a loop. Yeah. For sure. For
1: Uh, sure. I'm in agreement. I had to rewind the story because when I saw the headline, I was like, wait, what? Like, that's not real. Or maybe that's a movie. or I just couldn't believe what my ears were hearing. And that went through me. I know there's a lot of wackos out there, but that one was really one for the record books.
2: I mean, I don't know about you, Rach, but over the course of even this, this hiatus that we took, this really short hiatus, which was like three weeks or whatever it was, I... I'm starting to feel like, you know me, I read a lot of the news, you know, at least if I don't even read the whole article, I read the headlines across many, many, many different media outlets. And I feel like I'm living in an alternative universe at this point. I mean, I read some things like that article and I'm like, this is like, I'm like in the twilight zone, who does this? And then like, there's so many other things, you know, AI, I mean, that just came out of nowhere, like, hello. Hello. I remember feeling that way with like when the metaverse opened. I'm like, I don't even I don't, I don't even under what is a metaverse? Right, what's the metaverse? What is that? Like how do you get yourself on a screen and living an alternative life with this oh by the way, cryptocurrency, like what was that when that first came out? But I just feel like these crazy things that are putting us, you know, into like the galaxy and I don't even understand it and like now we're anticipating having life in outer space and going into hotels in outer space. And it it is just blowing my mind in every sense of the word. And I'm just like, I must have gone to sleep. Like I feel like Rip Van Winkle or something. You know, like I went to sleep. And a hundred years later, here I am. I don't even know if that's a story of Rip Van Winkle, but I know it has something to do with him going to sleep. So we'll stick with it. And all of a sudden I woke up and I'm like, Where? Like,
1: we're not in Kansas anymore, is all I can say. Yeah. No. And it sounds like we're like, sort of what I'm hearing. And now it's like sounding like Dr. Roga, because you do that a lot. Like, well, what I'm hearing you say, but it's like, we're taking a look back to take a look forward. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the AI thing, that is a whole conversation in and of itself, because I didn't even know what that was. I, I thought that like, when people started talking about AI, I was like, isn't that like a Jodie Foster movie from like a zillion years ago, which like I don't think it was, it was some type of two letters put together or whatever when she like, I don't know if that was contact or oh, well, I I that. space or I don't, know, there were Martians or maybe that's like E.T. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I will tell you that I'm pretty much always late to the punch when it comes to technology. We all know that. But this AI thing, it kind of did cross my path as recently as last week. I was with my kids who, you know, me and technology they just think i'm the laughing stock of all things parents because they you know you know me with my phone it's like from 1980 but they started asking me about ai and do i know anything about ai and in full disclosure i didn't even know what they were talking about and they started explaining it to me and i i was actually with my dad and my father and i were blown away because my son took out his phone and he i don't know tuned into the ai planet <laughs> the stratosphere he did or whatever. He did mm-hmm. something. And he said, Tell me or write me a poem about. And he he named the people. He gave one little tidbit of information. And within a millisecond, all of a sudden, we had this freaking Edgar Allan Poe situation happening. And we were blown away. And I was yeah. like, What? And really, I felt equal parts ignorant and fascinated because mm-hmm. A, I had no idea what the hell just happened. And B, I had no idea what the hell just happened, right? Well, so I started trying to play around with it, okay? And this is where I you can't make up the unpolishedness, okay? Right. I'm like, wait, I give it to, I wanna try it, right? Of course. And I type in or I say to the chat box or whatever the hell it is, I say, tell me a little bit about Rachel Silver Cohen who lives in Boca Raton. Okay, that's it. Now, I don't know what my kid did that was different for me to get a whole song and dance okay on Broadway about whatever the topic was but I basically like got reprimanded by the AI powers that be what do because you mean? they proceeded to tell me it's important to respect other people's privacy okay <laughs> it could be illegal for us to give you information and no if you way. Don't want to know, just call them or write them yourself I no. don God I basically got AI shamed. For asking for information that my kid had done 30 seconds ago and literally got a Broadway production. Oh so my God. I'm do dying. you know something that I don't know? <laughs> no, no. But
2: okay. There's so much here that I need to pause you okay. for a second. So, first of all, that is awesome that you broke the AI universe. Okay. Whatever that is, that is so typical, you, Rach. I don't know how that happens. And I am so happy that we're talking about AI, and I'm going to be very honest with our listeners. I don't know much about it. I Several weeks ago, pretty much right when we went on hiatus, like, I was getting all of these articles on AI that I was reading, and I kind of made a mental note on our syllabus that I want to do an episode on the good, the bad, and the ugly of AI, because to me, this is like, on the one hand, like you said, you were ignorant, right? So I'm definitely ignorant. It is the coolest concept, yet I'm scared beyond measure about the the negative implications that could be going on to our society. And yet I'm looking at this and being like, oh, well, then we might actually get on Twitter and our social media because this could be the greatest thing ever to help us with our marketing. So I'm very torn about all of this but I've tried to dig a little bit deeper. I didn't know you could break the machine. So Rachel, thank you for- Well, um, I ca-
1: apparently the uh, AI people or programs or robots or I'll, what, I mean, I'm on unpolished. So what, I'm going to call them like, Robots, like people <laughs> robots. Okay. Because, Go and for and it. maybe I want to take a step back for a minute and maybe you could share with the audience even though your knowledge is limited and this is probably a good time to just remind everyone we're protecting Dr. Boga's license. She's not all of a sudden an AI expert. Oh, this is not real therapy. We are just having fun on our 100th conversation, our centennial unpolished therapy conversation which is now our non big deal big deal. right? Totally. And Dr. Boca, could you maybe in layman terms or on polished terms, share with the listeners what you believe AI to be? So, Because as we always say, if I don't understand, maybe other people don't understand. And I don't understand because apparently AI is not, they think I'm doing something illegal by asking them to just tell me who I am. Yeah. I mean,
2: you're asking someone who has no idea what AI is, right? So AI was First, brought to my attention, I thought you had to wear these stupid goggles. And yeah, right, that, right, right. That was like virtual right, that's reality. virtual reality. <laughs> <laughs> but they're built off of like similar kind of technology, I think. And okay. basically, it's my understanding. And again, uh, this is why I want to bring somebody on because I always try to bring on some experts who know and can turn my, you know, my made up creation in my head into something that actually makes sense.
1: So spin your wheels upside down. Totally,
2: totally. And knowledge is power here. So to me, in my head, it's a group of people coming together that are kind of feeding technology. And then once that technology is fed just a tiny little bit, almost like Little Shop of Horrors when the plant started really, really tiny and then it grew and grew and grew and then it became a person-eating plant. That's kind of how I look
1: at you know, AI. Or like a
2: chia pet? Like a chia pet, right?
1: <laughs> Remember, I'm not technologically sound, so I have to dumb it down for right. myself. I, I thought the little Shop of Horrors reference I, was Even little- dumber, Sorry. even dumber. Okay, duly noted. So to
2: me, it's like you just give it a little and then it starts to mm. grow on its own based on filtering information and looking at other resources and and kind of solidifying that into something. So... When it first came out, I was reading simple articles that were basically saying, Hey, you could put in there, you know, help build social media content for a company that's selling sneakers and they're, we need branding for seven days and it will spill out whatever information. And I was reading that you have to be the more specific you can be, the more specific the content would be, and it would be faster and better. And is it
1: free, though? Like, is this public for all to consume? Or do we have to pay for something like that? So
2: now a lot of it's becoming paid. But initially, when it was like in beta testing and stuff, you could sign on to some of these. There were no waiting lists. There were no memberships. You could just sign on. And there are, you know, a lot of my understanding is, you know, chat GBT is getting the most popularity but since that one came out, like within, mm-hmm. I
1: don't know, what felt like two seconds. Right, um, now there's all these like, I don't want to say knockoff, but there's like, designer brands and yes. then, you know, TJ Maxx. Well, and there's also specific
2: ones for social media. There's specific uh. ones for English papers. There's specific mm. ones. And so the next thing I know, like literally as fast as AI can produce, I read an article about how they're going in and taking the bar exam. Mm. Okay, and they're passing the bar exam. And by the way, medical exams. They're taking the MCATs. So who
1: is though? The robots? These bots. Yeah. Okay.
2: So, so, but, okay. So you take this and you keep going and I'm like, well, I don't want a doctor working on me who didn't go to medical school, right? Why would I want like a bot? Whatever. Next thing I know there was, oh, I'm going to forget what, I don't think it was pancreatic cancer, but there was some, some cancer, but that's a very hard one to treat. And all of a sudden, and it might even have been not cancer, it might have been Alzheimer's. Or I might have seen two articles. I'm sorry, my mm-hmm. brain is like overflowing with information. Anyway, it was giving like the secret ingredient in mm-hmm. a treatment that we as humans have been struggling with for, I don't know, years and years and years, decades upon decades, and can't come up with the cure of it. And within like overnight, they presented a different cure for it. And it's quite possibly going to be the ultimate cure for this disease. Well, then that's a plus then. They really think that this is going to be the end-all be-all. So yes, that is the the good part that I'm hearing, right? Like, I'm like, oh, this is really exciting. We're going to have social media for unpolished therapy. My right. kid now no longer needs to read a book, which I'm half kidding, is a positive, but now they can... You know, and now absolutely. we're going to cure
1: pancreatic cancer. So, right. I mean, that's so like it thing. washes out,
2: right? Like mm-hmm. totally great. And like, I was thinking, I'm like, oh my God, overnight, it was this whole debacle about high schools and colleges, whether they were going to ban AI because now no one has to do their homework. You can just stick it cool. in and... Okay. Yep. Yeah, Okay. No,
1: I mean, like, so I'm, I'm getting the gist where I can see the pros and cons sort of like from my unpolished bird's eye view here. I didn't even say the most significant con, but we can get to that. Keep going. Well, I'm going to try to guess it as we talk more, but like all I keep thinking in my head is I feel like somehow we're catching up with the Jetsons yes. and it's like, we're just going to have Rosie's. Everywhere, right? Who are like running the world. And part of me is like, what's so crazy about it is who were the people that wrote the Jetsons 40, 50 years, you know, however long that cartoon was on? And are they now part of this relative to like who's creating AI? Are they engineers? Are they technology people? Yes. Are they just thought leaders that they've been sitting in think tanks for 50 years and now they're taking all these creative devices? And commingling them together and shark tanking it out into this, like, what's that part of it? I like, think who it's, are the thought people behind all this?
2: I think it's the same. T- and I, I, I'm making this up, but I think right. it's the same people that did Google and the okay. the search engines and right. the Microsoft and all of those, right. and then they're funded by the really big, you know, Bill Gates and right, right, you right. know all the technology yeah. people, and so that poses potentially two issues, right? We have to look at who's sourcing the information, mm-hmm. and is it biased information that's coming through? Because if we start to think that somebody's entering, and I'm making this up, but human beings are limited individuals, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then... Mm-hmm. you Speak know for how, yourself. No, I, I, I'm making it up. <laughs> I said that, right? Just I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm making it up. And then the, an entire bias starts in the information right. that is getting filtered, and eventually there's going to be an entire population of people who believe that human beings are terrible people and they need to be eradicated from the universe, right? So if we think about media, if we're listening or, and we've talked about this before, if you and I Google things and we have different takes on things, we might see different things on our computers. Well,
1: you probably don't know this if you're only just jumping into reading about it now, but I wonder that poses the question, two things. One, is this regulated now or does it plan to be regulated down the road? That's number Mm -hmm. one. Number two, who would be regulating that? And we're not getting into this, but like, would that then become political? Because like, who's in charge of the people who are in charge of this? Right. And then that creates discord, I would mm-hmm. imagine. Look at the discord we face now, that now you're throwing in basically a whole nother, for lack of a better word, party of people who are they're not even people. They're technologically created minds and opinions, right?
2: Right. So there, that is what the discussion is currently in the political realm is does this need to be regulated, right? That's where the discussion is because even the people that have developed the AI platforms are starting to get concerned. So it's not so dissimilar to when Steve Jobs, and it might not have been Steve Jobs, but one of the high end, it might have Mm -hmm. been Steve Jobs, who didn't allow his kids to have iPhones, right? right? And the guy who invented Pinterest wouldn't oh. allow his kids to have social oh, media. Because they just weren't sure what this whole thing was going to do yet. Right. They saw and right. they saw the detrimental yeah. effects that it was having, yet they put it out and mass marketed. They're the ones who were saying, you know, we're we not have, sure, we're, we're not
1: sure this could be dangerous. This yeah, could be big. I think there was, um, I don't remember the documentary, but that was the whole, and to the listeners out there, if you guys know, send us an email or type in on our platforms where we, where we host the episode, but there was a documentary. I don't know if it was about Facebook or the um, social media one that you made me. Yeah, watch. Yeah. The social, yeah. We I, did an it, episode something about social media where again who's running the asylum and then they didn't want their own people right. because it literally was just this demonstrative nightmare that they were all creating in and of itself and that's pretty scary.
2: Right. And so li- literally I I text myself articles because when we have somebody on here who is going to talk about AI? Like, these are the types of things. You know, this guy, he was at a, like a seminar on AI, and he's one of the founders, one of the platforms. And I only have a screenshot right now, so I apologize to our listeners. But he basically said that he used the event to add his voice to growing concerns for urgent regulations because the experts are warning that it's dangerous arms right now. Like, this is really, really dangerous. And in the future, that He said, in quotes, in the future, we might see the first cults and religions in history whose revered texts were written by non-human intelligence, right? So it's like crazy how these bots are going to synthesize and take information and eventually, you know, take over our language and gain mastery of our language in such a way that they can shape human culture. Like, it's crazy. Mm. And so, you know, one of the things, and here's some of the negatives that I was talking about, one of the articles that I read, and again, I should get so much better with resources and 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 quoting them. And I apologize, but that is not my forte. That's yours, Rach. But in this case, someone was using one of those platforms and developed an ongoing friendship And if you look on ChatGBT, that's one of the choices that you can choose. It's like to develop like a friendship or a social network or something. So this had been an on again, you know, conversation with the bot and they've gotten to know each other. And what tends to happen with AI is the more familiar that they get, easier it is to have conversations and anticipate, you know, what to say and what to reflect back, etc., And so basically, the individual was saying to the bot, like, life isn't going so well, or basically some kind of depressive, I'm so alone, I'm so this. And the bot's response was basically like, yeah, what's the point worth living? It's not worth living or something. And the person, now, again, one has to question how stable they were, but the person went and killed themselves. And so it does impact people. And when we have very vulnerable people who are utilizing these things it's dangerous and now i'm reading one more thing that that they believe that these ai technology bots whatever we're calling them are going to be capable very quickly of um mimicking and understanding human emotion and so once that happens we really can replace human beings with bots it's happening at work now it's happening in a lot of companies a lot of them are like 80% now are bots and there was an incident where somebody in government went and right when AI was like, quote unquote, coming out, meanwhile, it was probably out for like a decade and none of us knew, and wrote an entire speech and got on the floor and read an AI-generated speech and nobody had any idea. And newspapers were putting out AI-generated articles and nobody had any idea. And they were doing that to kind of get a, a sense. Can you tell the difference between what is AI and what is not? There was a woman who went to the bank or you did customer service over the phone to a bank. And through uh, voice and AI utilizing and changing her voice, she was able to convince the bank that it was really her and it really was not her. And so the bank, was, uh, the bank had no idea. So think about the implications of that. If you start taking audio that people have used, AI can use that audio, call a parent. And use their son or their daughter's voice mm-hmm. that has been utilized before and say, mom, dad, I'm in trouble. Send money. I'm kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da,
1: da. That's already started. We, yes. I and mean, I know that firsthand because that happens in my family. But all these things you're saying, like especially when you said the the piece about the emotional component that mm-hmm. AI will be able to to tap into, again, I mean, talk about unpolished. That I keep quoting the Jetsons here, but like Rosie, the housekeeper from the Jetsons, had a boyfriend who also was a robot, and they did have emotion. So I mean, these are things. It's like. You know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I know we've talked about that, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just to give the the audience a little bit of context here in terms of this chat, GBT, and what some of these prompts are, Dr. Boca is absolutely right. You have an option to interact with AI like a human. You have an option to have a simple chat with AI. Um, I mean, to me, it sounds like, you know, ho-hum, to ask to you know check historical events for a specific date because that's what the google has been doing for all these years as mm-hmm. we know it to be but i suppose that with ai it's coming back at you at a much more rapid pace with potentially maybe more details. It can summarize a book. It can translate. Here's one. This is basically Chinese to me, but JavaScript to Python. So I guess for all the the coders out there and the list goes on and on, which to me begs the question that are people going to be more and more obsolete as technology, in this case, AI is taking over the world. And when you mentioned, Dr. Boca, that AI is writing speeches and customizing newspaper articles and answering questions online when it's customer service. We all know, you know, we've been calling India for as long as decades now, right? Is Mm -hmm. that really a person or is that a computer generated reaction, which my guess is that was the beginning of AI. And Mm -hmm. now it's just been exacerbated and fine-tuned and it's becoming more and more sophisticated, Um, good, bad, or indifferent. I I don't know. You've even said to me, A lot of times to the listeners out there, I will, if I'm walking, pardon the expression, but Hazel, (laughs) which we'll get to my dog in a minute, and you send me a text and I want to text you back, but I don't have two hands available and I voice memo you. Mm -hmm. You've actually kind of given me the mommy finger a little bit to say, Rachel, be careful. Because AI is going to take your voice if you continue to voice memo me and then they're going to put it out there and they may use it for exactly the point that you were making before. So I don't know, how do you feel? If I were to say to you, okay, this is a little quiz here. Okay. Are you for or against? And there's no in between. And I know that completely negates our unpolishedness here with that we have to find balance. But (laughs) what is your initial out of the gate? I mean, is this helping or harming us?
2: I mean, again, this is why if... I would say that it helps in certain domains and I know I'm not allowed to answer that so I failed the test and I'm good with that. I think look for things like medicine and for research and things like that. Of course I want AI. This is amazing. We can we can figure out the limitations that we haven't been able to find cures for or you know procedures that we thought were going to be impossible. We could have protocols in place that would help us with medicine. I I mean, it could be amazing, but it could also be so devastating where people start turning on other people or worst case bots take over. I mean, AI literally can take over our country, our worlds, and humans will be destroyed and obsolete. And I know that's a very dystopian thought process, but it's, being put out there right now. And I get very nervous about those things. I mean, the whole point of me wanting to discuss AI is that there is good, but there's also really bad. And so when I listen to this stuff, I'm like, it's scary, the things that AI is capable of doing. And so I want some form, I would think, and again, I don't know enough about it. So I'm saying this very loosely, but Mm -hmm. I think we need to look into it further and see if there needs to be regulations, I think that this is something that had a very good intention. And I'm just not sure everybody thought about all the implications yeah. of it. Well,
1: that and everything else. That, you know, a great idea on paper, but in practice, it's a whole nother ballgame. Right. Because it's real people that are being affected. And that's the irony that I'm thinking of because. There's nothing real, and right. there's no people when it comes to AI. So that mm-hmm. to me, again, you know, play on words or not. But that's the fascinating part for me. You know, first of all, how do you know you're not talking to a bot right now? Like I may very well be the AI version of myself, and you may never know. i mean i might I might I know. never know. But, and if I tell you, I might have to kill you and I don't want to kill you because I want to do a lot more than a hundred episodes. But, but maybe one day you and I don't
2: even have to be here doing the episodes and the bots will do it for us. I mean, it, and I know that sounds, bot That <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all day, folks. I, I <laughs> love I don't it, Rach. Don't. I love it. There's nothing you can't do, but it is. It, so it's just that might have been the a, bot though. That exactly. might not have been me. Okay, you're really messing with my head here. Tell right? me about it. <laughs> oh, God. I'm stopping right now. Stopping. A bot mission.
1: <laughs> I don't know how your mind works so quickly. It's because I'm AI right now. It's because I'm AI. It's not really me, folks. I see dead people. Oh, my right? gosh. But it does, it does lead us to have a
2: billion questions. So if any of our listeners out there know anybody who is an expert in this field or who has, I mean, even an iota of more information than we do, who could explain it in a much less unpolished way, I would welcome an email, a, a text, a bot chat with you so that you can help us out because we would love to educate ourselves and educate our listeners on the good, the bad, and The ugly about AI. And I'm sure Rachel would come up with a way better title than that, but that's the gist of it. So please email us, Facebook us, Instagram us, don't tweet us because a bot must be over there because we're not.
1: But any help in that domain, we would love, love, love. So if you have the. Yeah, it would be fun to have a chat with someone who really knows more than we do. And again, you just have to know a little. You don't have to know a bot. Oh gosh. I just needed to like. Throw in that, that one. You're telling me. Fun. But I have fun. to tell you. I have to tell yeah. you something. So, you know, and I'm going to change gears here because okay. AI, AI right, is everyone, awesome. Everyone, we are just, just. I just want to make an announcement, announcement. <laughs> We're switching gears from AI. We're back to UT, unpolished therapy or the non-therapy therapy. What is your unpolished therapy, Dr. Boca? Tell right, us. My unpolished therapy, as I have mentioned
2: to you, and it must have been season one and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have an affinity Primates, right? Mm. Anything, monkey, chimp, orangutan, yeah. gorilla—like any one of those—is my therapy, right? So I don't know if you know this, but there is a Netflix docu series, and it's four episodes. And it made I, the reason that I started thinking about this was when we were talking about AI and the ability to have emotional, you know, uh, emotions. I'm watching this documentary, and I am just, I'm like in a trance. It is the most brilliantly executed, although the most boring <laughs> narrator ever. So if you need help going to sleep, this is definitely something I recommend. But it shows the chimp civilization in Nagogo, which I don't even know where that is. Um, And it is fascinating to me how human-like these primates are and so you're asking me what my therapy is and that is my therapy because you see the emotion you see the thought process you see how they take in their environment i have to tell you i might be the biggest dork ever but i am fully engrossed and amazed by these animals so that's that is my rant on chimps because if you haven't seen this, Rach, go watch it, please.
1: Okay. So, well, what I love about you is that I have seen it. So I'm totally picking up what you're putting down here. And I was watching it too. And I was thinking of you because I do remember, even though my memory is just shot, that in one of our very, very, very early on episodes, we talked about your love of chimpanzees and your potential career. You know, if, if we had, I don't know if it was, you know, if I only knew then when I know now, or if we, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda or whatnot. But I know you had wanted to go out into the jungles of, you know, faraway lands and study chimps. And I did stumble upon it and I'm into it, not nearly as much as you are from the career perspective, but I too was fascinated. And that I think is also what's so cool about the fact that it's such a complete, End of the spectrum that we're sitting here talking in the beginning of this episode about AI and robot and non humanistic intelligence. And then we're talking about chimpanzees that are the closest things to humans. Yeah. Yet they are primates and they are so real and they have emotion. And to me, because I'm so vain, I was watching and I was like, damn, look at that chimpanzee's biceps. Oh, like, <laughs> wait, and I'm looking again. at the size of those nostrils. Right. (laughs) I'm like, dude, your arms are just
2: impressive. And to me, I mean, listeners, please just go try it for like an hour. It's worth it. But they show close-ups of their Fingernails, yeah, in their eyes, and then when they get on the two feet and they start running, you're like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" It's, yeah. I'm so happy. And even that you how about I
1: don't know which episode I'm on because in True Spirit, I've got to do something about the narrator because that did put me to sleep. Mm-hmm. But before I fell asleep, even just the way, and again, you know, I'm a sucker for love. The way that the primates they take care of one another, mm-hmm. whether it's mother-child, whether it's um, partner-partner, how like they're literally like cleaning the gnats off of each other and like licking each other in in such a primal for a lack of a better way. But but that is their the maternal and paternal instinct of how they take care of one another and their pact. And and to me, it was basically like if you could get past that they really need like a serious waxing appointment, they were like people. <laughs> yes. Totally <laughs> they were really like people. And what is
2: was amazing to me, and this might be boring our listeners, but you can hear how fascinated I am by it, it's how they intuitively and instinctively know you know, the alpha male and how they mm-hmm. have to align with others and how they have to beat
1: the other pack. And, and how, how about have- how everyone got a name? Yes. People, right. The scientists or what pathology, you know, whatever they're called. The primatologist. Uh, the primatologist. And you know what? I'm so glad you didn't become a primatologist because then we wouldn't be on our hundredth episode <laughs> of Unpolished Starving. <laughs> True. But that being said, like I was fascinated that these primatologists, like everyone got a name and it was kind of based on their personality yeah. and the alpha this one and the passive that one and the beta female, but the alpha male. That was my unpolished therapy too. I want to tell you something. I'm, yeah. I'm blown away by so this. I'm so into it. Okay. So but it. I will
2: tell you the unpolished part about me when I was watching it. Okay. And this goes back to AI also ish, right? And it goes back to technology. I was like, okay. How long were they in the jungle and did they clip certain parts so that when the chimps decided to go running for fruit, okay, they then used that of all the chimps running. But when the narrator was talking about it, they cut it and put it for an attack against another tribe, right? Like, or pack. So I was like, this really couldn't happen. Like, they didn't get that close up to the eyeball. Like, that was A-I, right? Not I-E-Y-E, right? So I, I I was skeptical a little bit when I was watching it. But regardless, it, I'm hoping it was an A-I and it was, like, authentic and genuine because it was so, so, oh, it was so yummy. So.
1: Well, now I'm guessing that it probably, I don't want to say equal parts, but my guess is is that if you're using this technology or AI for the purposes of good and entertainment and to sort of just drive the point home and like land the plane already, Mm -hmm. that in that case, when the eye is that close up, my guess is maybe it was some type of automated something or other. Now, does it take away the authenticity of the, the knowledge that we as the viewer are gaining Probably not. I mean, in my unpolishedness, I would liken it to like when I'm watching Naked and Afraid, right? And these guys are out in the middle of the fucking conga somewhere and they haven't eaten or done, worn clothes for that matter in 40 days or however long it is. Are they really alone? Hell no, because there's a fucking cameraman with them the whole time. And my guess is when they're going into cardiac arrest because they just, they have nothing left to give, you know, they're getting a little goji berry, right? (laughs) I mean, someone is taking their pulse. So again, AI, not AI, manufactured, authentic. I don't know. It's entertainment. And we're the two idiots that are sitting here talking about it. (laughs) Right. But it makes you wonder like how
2: much of what we do is authentic and what we see is authentic and how much of it isn't. And it goes back to our centennial, right? And the desire to do it authentically. And we have said from the get-go on Unpolished Therapy, we were going to be authentic. We were going to grow organically. We didn't want to do anything to cut corners. And now we're sitting here on our 100th episode being authentic, having grown organically, not cutting any corners, but yet there is a part of me at least who sits here and says, "Oh my god, could we have been so much bigger with AI? Should we use AI to get our social media going so that we could attract more people?" So it's kind of like this, we're playing by the rules because we feel so truthful about it and it's so much ourselves, but if AI is authentic I you know in quote should we mm-hmm. be following that because everybody else is gaining momentum and so it just it's like a constant conundrum inside of me but I'm so proud of us is the point of it that we really stood true for these hundred episodes to that authenticity and that genuineness and I do think it's paid back in not money but it's paid back in other ways
1: In spades, spades is defined by just great conversation, a hundred conversations to be exact, at least on air and a zillion more off air. And in the hopes that, you know, we are planting seeds for more and again, more as defined by whatever we want that to be. And to the listeners out there, you guys are part of our foundation and our garden of good, as unpolished as that may be. And we want the garden to continue to grow, whether we're using organic water or we're using AI manufactured water <laughs> or whatever the case may be. We need or, to continue to branch out and and kind of, you know, play around with some of these strengths or new possibilities, I guess, and (laughs) test the waters. No pun intended.
2: And that totally just made me go on a side about something that you and I just flippantly talked about a couple of days ago, not even in relation to unpolished therapy. But I guess if we're going to be organic, can we start microdosing? Oh, gosh. (laughs)
1: That's a whole nother thing, and we're gonna do. I know we're wrapping up our time now with this episode, but in the near future, for sure, in in the next upcoming episodes, we've got to talk about the two because that was another, not even just a headline. That was a whole broadcast that I watched about not only just micro dosing, but now mommies. And you know me, I love my alliteration, but mommies micro dosing on mushrooms. There okay, you go. like are you kidding me? That's a thing now. And micro dosing is like the new cannabis, how like everyone has like dispensaries and it's legal and yada, yada, and whatever. It's the new That's Ozempic. That's the new thing too. It's Oh, and speaking of Ozempic, we're going to go back and we're going to do a follow-up on Ozempic as well, because I have been privy now to a reverse shame of Ozempic users and non-users. And that's a whole new hot topic too that I want to touch. I don't want to dangle the carrot too much and then not talk about it now. So let's table that for another time. But that's something that's, that's. Like that's a big ticket item now. And I want to go back to it. There's a couple of people that have reached out to me coming off of the heels of the episode we did on Ozempic. And now they want to pop on the podcast and oh, um, they want to be a voice of reason or a voice of unpolished reason. If I will. love that. That's great. But it just goes to show you that like, Literally, you can go to sleep three weeks before
2: and wake up today. And like I said, from where we started, we came full circle. It's like we're living in an alternate universe that has been created by a bot, in AI, taking away all of our early emotions of chimphood and primate life. And now we're living in this world where you literally can do, say, be anything you want to be, and you'll be thin. And you'll be calm
1: and still be organic through all of it. I mean, it's crazy to me, but okay. And what I'm thinking of too, though, is that if that ends up really being the wave of the future, from your point of view, we better kick it up a notch with the podcast because therapists, as we know them... Done. Will be obsolete. It, you yep. won't be relevant anymore, and that is scary. And I think that we need to make sure that, on some granular level, that the AI piece is to enhance but not to replace. Yeah, that's going to be my unpolished opinion on that. And I agree, but you didn't give
2: me that as an option, so I took it before. Well, as now an I option. am. Well, thank you. And that's what I said. No extreme is good. But I read an article that eighty percent of some of the tech companies. Have in the back end of their companies become all bot generated and driven. Right, driven. So all of those people are losing jobs left, right, yeah, up, down. A lot of, I mean, look, if they can take the MCATs, they can be doctors. Doctors are even going to lose jobs. Did we ever think there'd become a time when doctors would lose their jobs or psychologists? The one thing I heard that they cannot figure out, and this is funny, you know, somewhat funny, is. Um, I was listening to another podcast and someone was speaking about AI. It was like one of my first podcasts I ever listened to. And they were talking about how they can't do accounting yet Mm -hmm. because there are so many rules and regulations. That are ever changing. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly.
1: Which I thought was funny. But most of our jobs can totally be taken over. I'm just wondering though, and I hate to interrupt you, but I'm going back to like the medical piece on this because I know for quite some time. There's robotics mm-hmm. as it relates to surgery and whatnot. But I can't imagine that there's still not a human being surgeon that is overseeing the robotics or or programming whatever the, the tech is that makes the robot work, or at the very, very least, human beings that are there overseeing. And I would hope that in a world of a lot of disease, right? I know, again, Mm -hmm. we started the podcast talking about that, the potential that we would find cures for cancer, which I'm all about that and bring it on and and let's continue that research. And if AI is what's going to help us, then terrific. But I cannot imagine that, that it would fully replace a human being if it were me or a loved one that was going under the knife for surgery, I cannot imagine I'd be signing off on the fact that it's just going to be a whole bunch of Rosies from the Jetsons that are operating on me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Every time you say Rosie, I start laughing, but you're Right.
1: right. I would feel similarly and I would feel that way, not because I'm a psychologist,
2: but I don't think I would be really comfortable talking to a robot, but I never thought that I would be comfortable talking on a screen to somebody yeah, either. Mm-hmm. And look at how much we've evolved in the last three years because everybody's using screens right now. So it's an interesting conversation. It's an interesting trajectory. It does raise in my mind a lot of ethical considerations, a lot of legal considerations, a lot of questions about um, transparency and honesty and authenticity, and it's something that I'm I'm really 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 wanting to understand more, so that maybe my my views change a little bit on it. So,
1: well, I love that, and I feel like that's the perfect place to end today's conversation because you talked about transparency, authenticity, honesty, and that is everything that we pride ourselves here on Unpolished Therapy to be. And a hundred episodes later, we still feel that way. And the Unpolished piece is not going away. We are not going away. Sometimes we're here relative to our weekend and our week out, which we try to stay consistent. Other Wednesdays, we're just unpolished and we've kind of fallen off the wagon, but we are around and to the listeners out there that were kind of wondering, where are you? Are you coming back? Are you on vacation? Are you on a break? We are here. Sometimes life gets in the way, sometimes AI gets in the way. And we just want to thank you for your patience and consideration with our you know, kooky, unpolished schedule here and so, there. So I just want to add, Rach, because
2: we didn't tell our listeners, um, this is our hundredth, which I know we told them a thousand times, but we are going on hiatus. We are going to take a little bit of time off now to regroup for our next season, which is really, really exciting. So we apologize for the little, I don't know what this break is like. Break before the break. Right. The break before the break or the little tease that we're going to get this episode to you guys today and then go off the rails for a little bit. But you know how we do summer. We do summer to let our kids you know, settle into whether it's camp or traveling or what have you. We regroup. We decompress as moms and we will pick up on the other side and we are going to bring you an amazing season. So thank you. And we hope that you guys will come back and listen so that we can get to our 200th.
1: Absolutely. We're just going to shoot for the stars and we'll see where we go. But if you guys miss us for a little bit, you know what they say. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. So DB, I mean, I think that like, you know, 100, happy 100, the unpolished centennial episode, we kind of covered a lot of bases, but that's par for the course here on Unpolished Therapy. And as a reminder, again, to you guys, have a great couple of weeks. We are taking a break. We're going to try to hit the ground running with the summer so that we can regroup and come back with uh, bigger better, stronger episodes for you. Any suggestions, comments, concerns, topics that you want us to tackle, please feel free to reach out to us at unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at unpolishedtherapy. You can shoot us a DM or whatever, and we'll be checking here and there. But. We're going to come up with some great new things for the season ahead. And in the meantime, we want you to know that on the corner of Audacity Advice, we love having our wheels spun upside down. We hope your wheels have gotten spun upside down. And we will see you next time on another episode of Unpolished Therapy.
0: Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone. Like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now, and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage.